0: This is the Life at Work conference podcast, a production of City Bible Forum. Real workers, wrestling with real workplace issues. With your host, Life at Work national manager, Andrew Laird.
1: Welcome to episode two of the Life at Work conference podcast. Today, we hear from the author of a popular book about busyness. Plus I'm joined by a worker from Melbourne to discuss the challenges of busyness, especially in the wake of COVID. I'm Andrew Laird. And this is the Life at Work Conference podcast. Well, welcome again to the podcast. And today we're considering an issue we've looked at many times over the years, but keep coming back to busyness and rest. Now, why do we keep returning to this topic? Well, simply because it's a continual challenge that many workers wrestle with, myself included. And uh, especially in the wake of COVID, it's taken on a new dimension we want to consider today. With uh, many of us working remotely from home, the gaps between work time and personal or family time have been blurred even further, such that many are reporting working longer hours than ever before. Sure, working from home has brought great flexibility, but the boundaries are now so blurred that work for many is spilling out further than ever before into the spaces of our lives. Now, to discuss this, I'll be joined by Alan Bullman, director of the Australian Takeovers panel. But before we talk about it together, we're going to revisit a brief section from another City Bible Forum podcast, Bigger Questions. In this podcast, host Robert Martin interviewed author Anne Winkle about her 2017 book, Time Poor, Soul Rich. Now, we'll pick up the interview where Anne shared about a particular season in her life where busyness was taking a toll, and ways she has sought to manage it since.
2: So I'd been at university for six years overloading to get law arts and a diploma in education. I'd also gone into school teaching and taught three different year 12 subjects in three years which is a big load when you're a new teacher to learn that kind of stuff and I got to the third year or fourth year of being a school teacher and I literally I was so worn out that one of my colleagues brought me her thesis she'd written or some literature thesis and I loved literature she brought it to me and I opened the front page and I looked at it and then I just closed the book and gave it back to her and said I can't even begin to read this and I was an English teacher (laughs) I could not open and read her read a book as no, a teacher. No, I got to the point where my brain was fatigued and I was tired and I just needed a sabbatical, actually. yeah,
3: And that's what you did, wasn't it? <clears> I a- did.
2: I took a year off. Yeah, we had other reasons. We won't go into those. But I did um. take a year off work, which was lovely, when I was 29. And I did feel like my brain regrew. So there is a place for taking time out. But after that, I really was looking for ways of not letting that happen again, which is why I talk about having a rich soul when you're time poor, you know, sort of maintaining that rather than letting yourself get right down to the dregs of being burnt out. And so you wrote a book about it? Just recently, yes. Yes. And so how does how does what you said in the book help? Well, I, I talk about 60 second solutions. So my theory is we are all time poor. We don't have much space in our lives. And that's by nature of the society we live in. And, and it might be that we're also self-sabotaging, where we are so well trained in time management that we're we're taught to avoid distractions and therefore we never take time out of the day to do things that are soul enriching. So I talk about 60 second solutions. That means an intentional, mindful 60 second distraction, which you have to allow into your day. And it might be as simple. And I do this in my office when, you know, the atmosphere isn't quite as cheerful as I might like. I play a funny dog YouTube clip. I just think dogs are gorgeous. So I might play a funny YouTube clip only for 30 seconds or 60 seconds to make everybody laugh. Or it might be that you do have a beautiful picture on your wall that you intentionally take a look. At. Or it might be that you ring a friend and say, we must catch up. Now, that doesn't mm. take much time. The catching up takes more time, Yes. but the planning to catch up only takes 60 seconds.
1: Yeah. Any, any more suggestions that you have for 60 oh, seconds, for our, our busy
3: people I've, listening?
2: I've got stacks of them. Yeah. Um, I, I've got eight different categories, actually. <laughs> Being grateful, just taking a minute out of the day to reflect on the thing you're grateful for. Maybe keep it a gratitude journal people do that Um, I've got a category for the time poor prayer you know when all else fails look for divine intervention dear God please help that doesn't take very long to pray (laughs) no Um, I've got a category for doing a bit of research so if you're really keen to to use your creative instincts for instance do a 60 second google search for online painting courses and make a note to call them later so a lot of my 60 second solutions are preparing for a lengthier remedy later Mm. but You can definitely pick up the phone to a mentor or a counsellor or a sounding board to to run by a problem. I also talk about, you know, things in the workplace. So, for instance, when you're about to make a cup of coffee, ask a friend or a colleague, do you want me to make you a cup of coffee? Because that is a blessing to them and it makes you feel good and it doesn't take very long.
1: Anne Winkle there talking to Robert Martin on the Bigger Questions podcast. Now, obviously, some of her 60-second solutions reflect pre-COVID days, but nevertheless are still useful. Now, when we come back, I'll be talking with Alan Bullman about how he has been coping with increased busyness in the wake of COVID and how the Christian faith can help us to navigate this timeless issue.
0: Do you struggle to share Jesus with your colleagues? Join one of our many evangelistic prayer teams or EPTs for encouragement, connection and support. Gather regularly online or in person with a small group of workers just like you. Grow in your passion and confidence to see your colleagues come to faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Find one that suits you today. Head to citybibleforum.org slash EPT.
1: Welcome back. I'm joined now by Alan Bullman, who's the director of the Australian Takeovers panel, to reflect a little more on what Anne just shared with us, but also how COVID has uh, changed or maybe even increased the sense of busyness many of us now feel. So welcome to the podcast, Alan.
3: Thanks very much, Andrew.
1: Great to have you uh, joining us. Alan, um, just before we get into talking about busyness, perhaps you can uh, describe to us just a little bit about the kind of work you do as uh, director of the Takeovers panel. What does that look like?
3: Thanks for that, Andrew. I basically run the panel executive that's there to support panel members making good decisions in takeover disputes. So at times it can be quite challenging in terms of time and sometimes we become very, very, very busy very, very quickly and that puts a lot of pressure on people.
1: Excellent. Well, speaking of that, um, I wonder if uh, you could perhaps share a little bit of the ways that you've noticed busyness, both for yourself personally and also uh, the team that you're responsible for might have actually changed over the course of the the COVID pandemic, how, how has the working from home, the working remotely, all of those sort of things uh, had an impact on, on the busyness of yourself and your team?
3: Well, I think the first thing to mention is that COVID's had quite an impact on the entire community. Uh, and I don't necessarily have any good answers to some of that so uh, when when it first hit and uh, we all went from home and in fact i tried to trial working from home a bit earlier earlier on in the pandemic because we are a small team of six people and if we all got COVID the whole organization would collapse so we were actually working from home a bit earlier than everybody else as that started um we had to very very quickly like everyone else get on top of the technology get on top of things like Zoom and Webex and how to actually organise ourselves. At the same time, our workload actually kind of doubled, which was pretty full-on for us at the time. And we did have to manage a whole lot of coordination issues and inefficiencies by the fact we're all working from home. And one of the things that if I could have lived the time over again Um, was to be a little bit more clear around expectations around working hours and how much everybody had to work because people had conversations in their heads about what was expected of them and it only came out months later that people were working hours that um, I wasn't expecting and uh, that was something that uh, I, I think one of the executives of one of the ASX 200 companies actually said it the best when he Said that every time somebody he received an email from somebody after eight thirty, he'd ring them and ask them how they were. And I think, I think I could have done that a little bit earlier uh, during the time during the pandemic because people were working hours that I think were probably not um, were probably not a good idea.
1: Do you have any sense of you know um, why people's hours might have have blown out and people being working so late? Well,
3: one one was that the 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 workload did go up. Uh, secondly, I think because we weren't all working together, we couldn't bounce ideas off each other. So a lot of us were having to think through things themselves. Uh, and to some extent, that may have some people may have enjoyed that up to a point, or enjoyed that at the start, rather than having dare I say their boss breathing down their neck, suggesting things left, right, and centre. But over time, I think there are issues around that. And I know even even in the last couple of months, there have been instances where members of the team have worked longer than perhaps was best, uh, spinning their wheels on things when, in fact, they would have been better off finishing off earlier and and then the, the next morning actually ringing me saying, Alan, I've got a problem. I can't quite get this done in this sort of way or at this time.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you've touched on this already, Alan, but you're a, you're a Christian boss. You've got a team of six or so. Um, what sort of things have you done or what sort of things would you like to have done in hindsight to help ensure that uh, you and your team were, weren't working too hard and, and, and getting good rest? You mentioned expectations being one thing and outlining them clearly, but are there other things that you have done or, or uh, in hindsight wish you'd done? I think the
3: first thing I'd say is that I don't actually have any silver bullets here or or anything to really sort of say, gee, what a fantastic boss I am. (laughs) Um, In many ways, I I, I fail almost on a daily basis in that regard. Um, I think I I would go back to making certain that expectations are explained um, and constantly explained. We decided at one point as a team that if, somebody expected something be after 7pm, they had to be explicit about that. So in other words, if no one's explicit about working past 7pm on something, just because you sent an email at 8, unless you actually told people up front, I'm sending something at 8, I want you to quickly turn, a, turn it over, then there's no expectation people should respond that uh, in that evening. And that was one way of sort of trying to cut down sort of the hours We tried very early on on sort of fun things like Zoom drinks and Zoom this and Zoom that. I must say I'm not entirely convinced that they work at this stage. Um, I think to some extent just being in the trenches and getting the work done and getting some joy out of that is probably better than sort of manufactured fun at a distance. Uh, Now, we are going to try something in the next couple of months where... We we'll, each of us will research something that we're quite interested in, like somebody's a very good artist and I play the trumpet and things like that, and we might talk about that at the end of the week as something new to something that you know gives a bit of a sense of ourselves to each other, which might work, but uh, but I must say forms of of planned fun over Zoom or Webex, I have not found necessarily that. That helpful.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the same having a sharing a glass of wine or a lemon lime and bitters over a screen, is it? As uh, as in person. No. Well, tell us, Alan. We we've we've just heard some of Anne's sixty seconds solutions for how to try and uh, bring some rest into frantic and uh, busy days. Um, Any there that you particularly like, or ones that you have for yourself, either. pre-COVID or, or in the current season that we're in that you have uh, that you try and use to just bring moments of pause and, uh, and rest to the day where you can?
3: I think there's a bit of a journey there because prior to the coronavirus, I would quite often, during periods of quite a lot of pressure, purposely take 20 minutes off to go for a walk at lunchtime just to sort of have a bit of a break. That's in addition to the fact I'd quite Often exercise in the mornings as well. Interestingly, during COVID, I did that even less, if anything. And there, I found myself last year in the rather uh, invidious position of sometimes getting to my desk at half past eight and uh, not really getting off until half past seven for dinner and then going back into the office and doing some more. I don't think that's such a good idea. Uh, in recent times, and I have done this pre COVID as well, I've tried to adopt. It's a method, I think it's called the Pompadoro method of working for a set period intently and then actually having a deliberate break. So uh, what tends to work for me rhythm-wise is concentrating for 45 minutes to two hours and then actually taking a break. And I think that that can be quite helpful, particularly if you're going into it with that mindset. This is what I'm going to concentrate on. This is what I'm going to do for this period of time. Uh, and so you can actually get the big, most amount of efficiency within... In a smaller period of time, I guess, Mm. because personally, I really don't like working long hours to the extent that the twelfth, thirteenth, or fourteenth hour becomes quite inefficient. Mm. The other, the other, the other thing I try to do is work out my rhythms. So my rhythms tend to be, uh, uh, in terms of perfecting things, that's good in the morning. Writing things is good in the evening. My writing, writer's block tends to disappear. In, in the evenings, so I can actually get writing done in the evenings, uh, and I'm very much of the view, and I tell this to everybody, if we're really, really under the pump, still get your sleep, so work till, work till 8 or 9 if necessary, but stop there and get up as early as you can in the morning and look at what you've done in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned a couple of times there, Alan, uh, rhythms, which I think is a, is a very biblical concept when it comes to to work and rest. Uh, so, speaking of that, are there particular scriptures that uh, encourage you to pursue rest and make sure it's a part of your life? There's only one, but it's
3: the major one, and that's the Sabbath, which in Israel they treated extremely seriously, and I think it's still important to have a Sabbath rest. Irony of ironies, ironies. Uh, last weekend, I didn't. I actually worked the whole weekend, so I'm not exactly. You See, I'm I'm pretty hopeless. So why did you in- Why did you
0: interview me again? Andrew?
3: Um, uh, so, but it's a bit of a sign because now, of course, the the wheels may be starting to fall off the bus. Now, now we're talking about Thursday. So, I think I think having a Sabbath rest is pretty important, uh, and that 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 is very scriptural. And I think it's there's a reason for it. I think as human beings, we can't work every day of the week. We actually have to have that that sabbath rest the only other bits of scripture that i remember are from proverbs which are the reverse which talks about the importance of being industrious and and not putting your head on the pillow or else you know poverty will overtake you and things like that so
1: yeah there needs to be that uh, that balance there doesn't there between uh between working hard uh while we can but also recognizing the the limits of our of our humanity and uh, and the need to need to rest and uh, I think that's precisely why we want to talk to you about it, Alan, because um, we recognise that we we many of us do have a tendency to overwork and not taking that rest that we need to and uh, the the importance of remembering our our humanity and uh, humbling ourselves and uh, and switching off. So um, I really appreciate your honesty there, Alan, um, particularly in terms of sharing uh, the, the things that you wish you had done in hindsight to encourage your team to rest well and uh, also your own wrestle with it, um, because I think that probably resonates with us more than uh, the person who's got it all together. So Alan, thank you so much for sharing that with us today.
3: No worries. No worries at all,
1: Well, that uh, brings us to the end of episode two of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Our next episode will land in your podcast feeds in a fortnight, where we'll be joined by author Cara Martin to discuss how our daily work can be an act of worship. I'm really looking forward to that chat. But until next time, I'm Andrew Laird, and you've been listening to the Life at Work Conference podcast.
0: The Life at Work Conference podcast is produced by City Bible Forum. To find out more and register for the conference, go to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference.